0: Welcome to the Seacoast Vineyard Church podcast. We are a vineyard church located in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and we invite you to enjoy this message from God's Word. And I said, but it did say Joan, and so, but then again, I'm married to a pastor, church planner, missionary person, so I know how it is when you have an opportunity to get out of town, so I I will never want to say no if I can say yes. So I thought, okay, we've got this conference to go to, blah, blah, blah. I can think of all the reasons, but sure. And then he said, I want you to be a part of the marriage mashup, And I thought, well, Doug and I are pretty mashed, so (laughs) this will work. And then, um, so again, I said yes. And then he asked me to talk about um, a healthy marriage from a wife's point of view. So we'll see. So... (laughs) All right, but I went back to the archives, and Doug and I got married in seminary, and so we didn't have money then, still don't, but you know, there's, we didn't have one of those fancy big cameras that people used to take pictures of, but I did get a few home movies, so I just want to bless y'all with the home movie from Doug and Jones early days. I may be a little late, so I want you to sit on Junior and keep him warm till I get back. And if you don't, I'll wring your fool neck. Yes, my love. Remember now, none of your nonsense. Yes, my love. Now listen, you. You stay in the house and keep that egg warm. Yes, my love. 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 Yes, 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 my love. Yes, my love. Yes, my love. What's that? <laughs> yes, my love. Now, Daffy, okay. I may be a little late. We won't make him watch it again. <laughs> so see how far we've come or maybe not. Okay, so... But as I relived these wonder moments, I thought, man, I got to study hard. So this is how my living room and everything's kind of looked, if you can see down there. And that's only about a a tithe of our books on marriage and family. But I just kind of have to immerse myself and I get on everybody's nerves when I'm studying something because I don't have time for anybody else or anything else. So anyway, um, this is what I've pulled together from all of my books. So and on a healthy marriage. Our friend Kevin Childs, who planted the rock and he's enjoying heaven now, I remember hearing him in a worship i mean a marriage series one time saying that there's no perfect marriage in the Bible. And I thought, okay. And he said, if there was one, we'd just all try to do exactly what it is. And we got to hear HUD um, McWilliams this past weekend at a soul care conference for our mission agency and he said the same thing there's not a model model marriage for us to copy and we would try to copy it and do exactly and be legalistic and the same with our walk with God the same with our marriage our marriage is a walk with God and there are basic principles but it's it is it's how it gets worked out in your life and the first thing that came to mind for me with marriage health is individual health and first, I just got a little trick for you. So, any other math lovers out there? Uh-huh. So, what is one plus one? What?
1: Two.
0: Two? No, I heard it right over here. I told Doug the answer. That was probably him. But in marriage, one plus one equals one. So it is. It is what Tim said. It's mashing up together. So one plus one equals one. So. The health of an individual affects the two coming together to make one. Um, so I look back, There's God's done a lot in my life. Just there's different verses that have meant so much to me too. So again, this is ground zero and I want to share those with you. And the first one, as I've turned around looking back, my life verse, I don't know if I heard a teaching on pick a life verse. I don't, I don't know. But anyway, you know what it is when you're reading the word and there's words that just jump off, and you know that is mine. That is for me. So, my life verse, um, I've got that somewhere. It's Matthew 6, and 34. And just a little preamble thing is superimposed on our um, number seven, Lottie, for in her graphic design stuff. She did, I got her to superimpose that. The name of that painting or whatever you call it in graphic design work is um, greater than. So I'll put that over what Lottie did. But again, my, my life verse is, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for, care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. This has been my compass for over and over and over. I started about twenty seven years ago, keeping a prayer notebook and in there is a page in there that has verses that that I know that are what my what I base my life on um and how fitting to put that on greater than that when I was nineteen i was I was raised in a home that really set me up to very well to receive God's grace and learn more about him and finally walk with him, but when I was 19, that was when I guess it finally took, and my my life changed, and so then God began to really teach me not to go after lesser things, um, and there's some parallel passages that underline that a lot that I love in Luke 12, but... Um, just to put it more in our language, he will, always, he will always give you all you need from day to day if you will make the kingdom of God your primary concern. So again, as an individual, I'm always trying to remember to think, what, how do I make the kingdom of God my primary concern? There was another version that said, be preoccupied with the kingdom of God. And then another one that said, your father already knows your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else, and he will give you everything you need. So from the time I was nineteen when Jesus truly rescued me, I worked hard on me. Not a real like just focus, 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 but knowing that I I wanna get I wanna walk with God and I wanna do that well. So I began spending time with him and allowing him to grow me in his grace and working to extend that to others. And that means um Starting and that's sometimes a struggle. Sometimes it's not because I can't live without it. Spending time in His Word, spending time in prayer, reading good solid books on um, how to be a Jesus-following woman. Back in those days, Um, and then being a part of Christian community, that corporate worship, being a part of of the church that that Jesus that is that's the bride that's so important to be a part of the the big body and then small groups and then one-on-one. And that's just a formula for staying healthy as an individual. Another thing that I did back in those days, I do remember writing a list of kind of what I wanted um, in a person if I was going to do that. But then you get to the point where you're like, I'd rather stay home and knit and I don't knit than waste my time on somebody that... Is just a Christian that wasn't what I wanted, um, so you kind of start these high ideals. I think um, Elizabeth Elliot is my favorite author, writer, speaker person, and um, she had one husband that was martyred on the mission field. She had one husband that died of cancer, and when I heard her and her husband, her third husband, speak, he'd say, "I am feeling just fine." So. <laughs> But she said you need three husbands, which is interesting because she never set out to have it, but she had three. Um, she said you need one to bring home the bacon, one to fix things, and one just to love you. So, you know, and is that even possible? You know, we can't, we can't do it all, but we do, as individuals, get these things in our heads. Some are too high of expectations, but point with all this is individual health, That's what it starts with for marriage health. Sidebar: If you're single and you're looking or you want to look, so when asking God for a mate, pray. You know, God, when I can serve you better with someone than I can single, bring this person into my life, and ask ask God for somebody that's going to love Jesus more than they love you, and that's the kind of person you can trust, and then you be that kind of person too. So together, we, we got together, and um, we, or I, this, I guess it came from Doug's I don't remember picking this out, but it's, it's amazing to look back at these verses now, looking at Matthew 6, because I've always had anxiety about whatever, and that's in there to kind of help take care of that, and then with our marriage verses, and you can put a picture of us as we were heading out from the church Oh, look, you know, who was in the 80s? Why did they all think we needed curls? I mean, I've never had curls. That was a body wave. Do you remember those? And then Doug said I could say this, or if that was before he cut his hair. So (laughs) anyway, but this, we got, our verses that we picked out that were for our marriage were Psalm 127. And that's what we're going to be looking through today. And it'll be on the screen but um, if you want to look through that and then um, we'll go through, I'll read through it and then we'll go through it a couple of verses at the time. So we actually memorized this on our honeymoon. And um, uh, just to tell you what it's going to say when you open up your Bible, it's going to, talk, it's going to have a little subheading under there about prosperity, that to, true prosperity, true flourishing, true thriving is only found in God. And it'll say a song of ascents. Well, first of all, and they'll say of, of Solomon. So most peop, some people will say that um, David may have written it for his son Solomon. But um, most say it was written by Solomon, who's David's son. And um, I think it's really cool. His name means peaceable. And in Samuel, I believe it is, he's called Jedediah, which um, means beloved of the Lord. And in another place, I saw it written as God's darling. So, And that's what we all are. So think about that. Um, so it's an indicator of how much God loves us. But Psalm 127 is a part of a group of Psalms. I love the Psalms. If you can see my Bible, you can't from there, really. But one of the hardest times of my life when I turned 40, and if anybody wants to know all that, I'll tell you later, or you can come to me. But it's really dark. In the middle of my Bible, that's the Psalms. That is coffee stains, tears. Psalms is um, it's amazing. Spend some time there. But 20, 127 is a part of 120 through 134. They're all, they're called, they're, I believe they're all songs of Ascent, they call them. Um, it's easily dis- divided in two stanzas, like good old the hymnal, you know. Um, it's called a Pilgrim Psalm, and this is fun to think about. Hebrew pilgrims, you know, people walking back to Jerusalem or maybe going up the steps of the the temple, or walking up Mount Zion, they'd sing. And you can think about that, as like, what's your favorite road trip songs, you know? Do you, going down the road, crank it up, turn put the winds down, let your hair blow, all that. So that's, that's what these are, they're road trip songs. And so, um, don't tell Tim, but when Doug and I went through a hard patch of, ministry we began to listen to country music on our road trips <laughs> so because then we heard stories about people bad off as we were so <laughs> it was very encouraging just to know we weren't alone <laughs> so also and you're going to see why um, in Jewish tradition this psalm was repeated as a little thanksgiving part um, after a childbirth so I would have gotten to hear this a few times So, and any old Christian music fans out there, all two of you maybe, but my favorite was Keith Green, and he wrote a song, I googled it, I found this song, I was just having a big old time in my office um, here, unless the Lord builds a house, and then there's a current one, and Hillsong has a new one on their 2019 album called Song of Ascent, and that one will make you cry, it is so good, so look that one up too, but to read, again, Psalm 127, I'll finally read it now. And we'll read the whole thing. So, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman keeps awake in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to retire late, to eat the bread of painful labors. For he gives to his beloved even in his sleep. Behold, children are a gift of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. How blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be ashamed when they speak with the enemies in the gate. And it's Valentine's weekend, right? So as a little plus, and I got to go through pictures, and so I'll just show you all some pictures of some of our favorite Valentines. Those are my parents in 1953. That's Fred and Sylvia Watson. They are amongst the most awesome people in the world. And um, they're still on this earth, and they've been married 64 years, and they were my original Valentines. That is Martin and Ruby Dorman. That's Doug's parents. That was on their 50th anniversary, and um, Doug and I were engaged that year. They invited me to that party, which um, that was pretty excited about that. So that was before we were even married, but another thing, with it being Valentine's weekend, I thought about a fun little outline we could work through, but you, I think it's on the back of your bulletin, but it's KISS, K-I-S-S. And if you're married or whatever, you can practice that later. But <laughs> as another thing, you know, you think about our original home movie and how we acted, you may have said some to somebody, again, I love simple things, and you say, keep it simple, stupid, right? So that's we tried not to use the S word in our home. I read that Corey Ten Boone said, keep it simple, sweetie. So we're gonna say keep it simple, sweetie. So, but to break down our marriage psalm, and um, it's so good, but the first one is kept. And again, it was fun thinking about my parents. God has kept them. He kept Doug's parents. There's You've all got your stories of people that you know and your own self that you were kept. And the first two verses, and um, all of this psalm, vain or vanity is mentioned three times. So a lot of this psalm is what not to do. And we've all got our stories of do not try this at home. Don't anybody else do this. Don't do this. But there's some of that in here, what not to do. And vain is producing no result or a bad result or certainly not a result you wanted, and or either overconfidence. So and with, with the whole talk of building and the Lord guarding the city and the watchman, most likely this was Solomon because he did have the plan and was to, to build the temple. And he knew what it was like to guard city walls and to, to have people doing that. So it's been called the builder psalm. So as individuals, as, and then in marriage, think about that as your your, your marriage like a building. You need a, fir, a firm foundation, you need careful construction, and lots and lots of maintenance. And so, and God has got to be allowed to build it. Um, in John 15, it says, apart from him, we can't do anything. And that is true. Even in marriage, Tim's been saying that over and over and I've loved this series so much that, you know, you'll say, without God, we can't do this. This is, you have to have the Holy Spirit living in you to live this life. Um, and it doesn't say not to work or to just, I'm just going to trust God and not do any work. But it is God-centered. But the whole work thing, for our pre-marital counseling, it ended up actually being pre-engagement counseling because we were in seminary at the time and I don't know if y'all know um, Julian Riddle. He was a pastor forever at Surfside Prez. He was the assistant dean of men at CIU when Doug and I were there. And Julian and I had a counseling class together, and we got to work together on some projects. And he'd say, so what do you want to talk about? You want to talk about Doug? I'm like, sure. So <laughs> we, we ended up just, I re, and then he said, you want to invite Doug? I'm like, sure. So we ended up getting lots of good work done before we were even officially engaged. And I remember asking Julian, and he says, I'm just a prime example of some of his counselees, and it really wasn't, it was what not to do, actually, for a lot of the stuff. But um, he said, you know, I remember saying, Julian, so work, I've heard marriage is work. How, How much work is work? You know, is it once a month? Is it what, what is it weekly, daily, and we all know the answer to that by now, but that was just a pathetic question thirty four years ago so anyway, but bottom line with this you've got to allow God to build, God to maintain, and he will keep you and It's never too late to have a remodel or um a whole redo that or rebuild there's ne It's never too late for that um the overworking, he, in, the, in the scripture it talks about eating the bread of painful labors. And we all know what that looks like. Um, overworking, striving, wearisome effort, effort, toiling, all those words. We've all, we've all been there. And um, it's not bad to work hard, obviously. Um, but if fretful anxiety is keeping you up, if it's extending the day. I loved it. it talked about to retire late to delay sitting, um, artificial lengthening of the day, that that's when it's a problem. And another thing, that's another so important thing to be a part of a small group or to have close people in your community. These are the kind of things you can talk with them about and say, you know, I'm, I'm struggling in this area. Can you help me? Can you pray for me about this? Um, God has allotted time to work and he's allowed time to lay down and go to sleep. And so... We commit our work to the Lord, you do all you can, and the Lord takes care of what we can't do. Um and I love the part when it says that um he gives to his beloved even in his sleep. I love it that I'm his beloved and so are y'all. Um remember God's darling. But um when you he blesses us as as his beloved with sleep, but the, there's a whole nother thing of while you're sleeping. He's still busy, he's still working and um psalm one twenty one says that he watches over Israel, he neither slumbers nor sleeps and um isaiah twenty six three he'll keep you in perfect peace, whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you and it's i love the it's it, it seems easy, and it, you know it's not, I know it's not this is probably my biggest struggle is anxiety and just thinking. If I can't see how something's gonna turn out. But that's another reason to spend time with God every day because then we get in these words, we get these words from Him, and then we know what He says is true. So again, Jesus keeps you in building and maintenance and all through the day and night. The next little letter is so K is kept, I is inheritance, that God is gonna provide your inheritance for you. Um, and there's a picture of mine those are my people so um so behold children are a gift of the lord the fruit of the womb is a reward those words are so different than what we hear in our modern world and you know we we know god's word is true and that that verse is just as true and again i would been voted most unlikely, the class of 1978 from Lee County Senior High, to have seven kids. That I can't say that's what we really set out to do, but the more it, it's more of a cooperation with God. Um, and I feel like that we end up telling God more because of our fears, because of our outline. Again, I love a good outline, y'all, so much. Um, and I love that when that works, too. But the main thing is it's a walk with God. And um, so if you're on the front end of all this marriage stuff, then this part of the Bible is true too. And it isn't just about your smartness and trying to figure out how, you're, how you can most calculate and work out your life. Um, and, and again, there's lots of issues in my life. I remember early on there were kind of political issues and different things. I, I knew what I'd read and that's what I believed, you know, in the world. But then I thought... Um, you know, have I ever asked God what He thinks about, whatever the issue is? So whatever you're reading in the papers, whatever you're thinking for your life and your marriage, ask God what His plan is for you. That's the best one to do. Um, so it, it really is a cooperation with Him. It's not us legislating to God what we want or what we think is going to be best. Um, remember those expectations I told you about that? But they need to be dashed because a lot of times they're not what god's going to do and psalm thirty seven twenty five said "I was young, and now i'm an, I'm old i'm going to be sixty this summer. Um, yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging bread. I've got story after story after story of two people that I guess were you could say dumb enough to try to walk this out, and how God has literally fed us literally. Met our needs. I mean, I, that prayer notebook I told you about. I've laid it out like Hezekiah did. I'm like, all right, Lord, you got to do this, and and we do all we can. But it, there's so many miracles, and I, you've got them too. And He meets us with grace every every day, to for provision, for um, um, for the, for the grace that we need to raise the people. And again, I don't, no shame on anybody if you don't have kids, if you're not married. Number of kids is not the issue. Solomon had 700 wives, he had 300 concubines, and we know very few, we don't know very many of his descendants. There's a few talked about in the Bible. He was reckless, his kingdom and his marriages and his kids were a mess. So it's not a don't hear me wrong, and this is a legalistic thing to follow. Again, that's why God, I don't think he didn't put this perfect thing in the Bible that we're supposed to follow. God wants you to walk with him and hear from him and do what he calls you to do. Um, And as far as being inheritance and reward, um, if you don't have kids, you were somebody's kid. You were someone's inheritance. And here's my question. How are you investing your parents' inheritance? Um, What are you investing it in? It's not... Inheritance and reward—it's not stuff. Stuff breaks, and we don't keep it. And but the real inheritance is what's left that influences others. And to, the question is, what influence or inheritance are you leaving that brings others to Jesus? That's what's gonna—that's true inheritance and reward. Um, verse four talks more about children. Um, like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. How blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be ashamed when, the en- when they speak with their enemies in the gate. Um, the whole thing with uh, arrow and how it's formed, you know, it was a little wood piece. It was all knotty. It was all bent up. And the warrior would get them. They would carefully shape them and form them sp- for a specific purpose. And it, that took a lot of skill. It took a lot of skill to launch them and let them go. And um, a, another encouragement that for you, Doug's, Doug's better at this. It was all up to me. Our kids would still be in boxes in the corner, and I'd let them out. Some of them would have been out because they're old enough, but some of them I'd be like, you can't get out yet. But he's really good at spending time with them and saying, you know, and and we've taught them Psalm 139, and you're fearfully and wonderfully made. You were made by God. You were made with a purpose. You know, what's God put in your heart? What do you like? And drawing that out of them and then allowing them to do it. I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with women who say, oh, my daughter said she wants to go into ministry. I said, don't do it. You know, And I was like, you can't tell her not to do that. That is... Not why we're here, to tell our kids what they can and can't do. Our job is to encourage them and hear them and pray for them and get them sent out to do what God's called them to do and not to hold them back. Um, And again, we've had lots of happy times. We've had sad times. You know, you got to come to my living room to hear a lot of days to hear all about those. Um, It's not all sunshine and roses at all. And again... um, but my sweet mother-in-law, Miss Ruby, she had eight children, and she used to tell me, and I wouldn't throw a one of them back. And so i say that too. You know, I, it's, I'm still not sure what I'm doing. I'm by the seat of my pants every day. But it, it is, again, it's your marriage is a walk with God. Um, the next point, so it's kept, inheritance, and stay connected. Um, got a cute little picture after stay connected. Of that was at a wedding in Raleigh. I was like, we look like we're in a cell phone ad or something. <laughs> so, really, Doug's saying this is how you work that thing, Joe. So, okay, but staying connected is huge in marriage. Um, I'd like to think of it as touching souls, soul connection, and this is the part of that building that's called maintenance. It's called work, and over the years, for years and years and years and years, you gotta you gotta keep that up, and you can't. Well, I've got kids now. I'm working, whatever, whatever. Everybody has, remember, we've all been allotted time to work. We've been allotted time to lay down and sleep. And so ask him for time, and you've got to make it and take the time with your spouse. For years, and I'm still not sure how we did this, really, and probably just about weekly we actually went on a date, and I'm not sure how that happened, but mainly because I'm married to Doug, and he's tenacious. And I remember, you know, early on, I'd have our first one, John Michael, under the table across my lap, you know, bouncing and trying to talk, you know. And then, and it doesn't have to be anything that costs any money, because remember I told you, we didn't have it, we still don't. So there's ways to do things cheap. My children tell me that I appear to them that I was born during the Great Depression. But I'm not that old, so. But it doesn't always take money to do something and connect. And you can figure it out. You know what you like to do. Um, But it is important for that connection. And a daily debrief, 15 minutes a day or even a little less, but just connecting. Tell me about your day. I'll tell you about my day. Um, And then we have no excuse, really, with the whole cell phone thing now because we can text. You know, I can't always answer the phone, but you can send a text and probably most jobs, you can have your phone and send a little text. So talking, connecting as much as you can, something that we've used that our kids continue to groan at. Um, but the ungame, it's just a little box of um, questions or topics to talk about. There's something, and you can Google it online, there's an app. For the Gottman, it's G-O-T-T-M-A-N Institute, and there's topics and questions. If you run out of things, and you do, there's sometimes, and I, you know, if you've been married a while, there are times, even if you work so hard at 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 staying connected, I can still remember times when we were tired, you know, whatever. And I'd look at Doug, I was like, I don't know who you are. It's just even though if we'd been together, so there's times that you've got to keep working and pushing it through. There's so many different stages. I love that song Skip did, led, about um, he keeps getting better and the different seasons. Um, that's, that's how it is, and that's marriage, and you've got you to gotta work it. Um, and another thing that's important is to simplify your schedule hot y'all can laugh now so but did you know when you if you've got kids if you don't have kids did you know you don't have to do everything everybody else does I I really thought sometimes if something's available then I must that just means that I'm supposed to do it I remember taking our oldest John Michael to this kitty kickers thing it was soccer he didn't want to do that but I thought oh the so why has that? we need to go do it, so we get there, and he's like, mm-mm, I'm not doing it. <laughs> so you know, and so you know, I don't know why, as moms, I think it's pressure or something. I don't know, and then it's worse now because you have social media and you see what everybody else is doing, but um, and I would see what everybody's doing, I would get depressed <laughs> we, we were in a we homeschooled, and I went to a homeschool support group, and I would come home and cry, and Doug's like. I thought this was a support group. This ain't working. I'm like, I know. So, but I'd see all these mothers and everything they're doing, or these wives and what all they were doing. They've got my favorite meme of 2019. I had to like, I see all these moms who can do everything, and I think I should have them do something for me. <laughs> so I I can't do it all, and I don't have giftings in every area. And so, and you don't have to do it all, and you can't do it all. But And some people think they need permission. One time I was in a, a, this is embarrassing to tell you, but I was in a book study, a Bible study with some people. And it it ended up being toxic to me. And it's a whole long story. But my um, obstetrician was a Christian. He was like a father. He was awesome. And he'd say, John, quit going to that. And I was like, I can't. They go to our church. He's like, okay. Tell them your doctor said that. <laughs> I was like, okay. So I had, I was permissioned to bow out of that group, and you have my permission. If there's things you need to get out of, you cannot do everything. The, you know, the most important thing you can do, if you've got kids, or even if you don't have kids, is stay connected and love your spouse well. That's that. That's tops. Um, and. Another thing with, with staying connected is listening to each other and really hearing to help them, help your spouse reach their potential. It's not all about me, 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 and what I want to do and what I want to accomplish, but it's the other one, and it ends up going both ways. Um, another th- issue that is important that, that is, can suck the life out of a marriage is a kid centric home, and that goes back to the busy, busy, busy. They've got to do all 16 activities that are available at the YMCA or Dance Academy or whatever. But you gotta pray, you gotta hear from God and do your best to streamline it. The last part of the Kiss is Sacred Marriage. It is sacred, and this is really a shout out for a book. If I can here's the old copy. And there's a cop picture of, that's the new version, but this is the old one. But this is, the book before this that was most important was the whole love and respect thing. That really changed a lot of what I thought about marriage. But sacred marriage, you need to read this. It, it'll mess you up in a good way. The subtitle is, What if God designed marriage to make us more holy than happy? I think we think that that other person is brought to fulfill us. I know it is the whole complete thing or whatever. But again, as an individual, you've got to be okay. And um, there's a a Roman Catholic saint who was a bishop of Geneva. His name was Francis de Sales. I'm sure I butchered that in the French language. But um, he wrote a lot on spiritual direction. And he said that marriage is the toughest ministry that you'll ever undertake. It's a platform for growth, and it draws us closer to God. I love this with all that Tim taught the past few weeks. Go back in your bulletins and reread your notes. All those verses that you're trying to apply to other relationships, um, they apply to your, your spouse. And the same... Every um, Christian thing of how we grow, sanctification, becoming like Christ, it applies to marriage. And marriage is a machine to learn forgiveness. And y'all know what I'm talking about. And it is it that's that's every day. That's not once a month that you gotta. It is all of that. It's applying to the person that annoys you at work. It applies to home. It applies to your spouse. Um. So, so the kiss. And again, in closing, um, I'm a nurse since 1982. There's been a lot of different forms of it. Right now, I'm a school nurse. That's my daughter, Laurel. She teaches fifth grade where I work. It's so much fun. We say Dorman and Dorman at your service. <laughs> so, um, and I do. I know. I was born a caretaker. I love. I do love people and to take care of them and the whole. I can. You're always taking physical temperatures and emotional temperatures of how how, how you doing. Um, but something that I'm really, um to uh, the physical to our physical health health is a never-ending continuum. You get acute things going on. You get a cold. You get the flu. It's got a beginning and the end. You do what you need to do to take care of it. Same with marriage. Things are going to come up and do what you need to do to take care of them, and get with the people that you need to do to take care of it. Then there's chronic things. There's like high blood pressure or whatever, for instance, but that's a thing you have to take. That's, it goes on and on and on. It doesn't have a beginning and an end, and it's the same in marriage. There's going to be things that you have to work on. This just, you're like, I thought we got over this, and it, 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 but you don't. You never arrive. There is never a picture of that picture-perfect, happy marriage. Um, it is... Th- then I love that again with that song that we sang earlier. It, it's a. It's the different seasons of life. It, things come up, and quickly things come up. They don't start overnight. They might start slowly. And you need to, to do what you need to do to take care of it. If it means friends in your small group to talk to, if it means go... A counselor, Counseling, all it is, some people, it's still got a stigma. I think it's better than it used to be. But just a shout-out again to the most awesome people, married in 1953. My parents took me to counseling when I was 10 years old, and that was in 1970. People weren't doing that then, but I had different, some, my favorite, my grandfather died, my favorite uncle died, and I was struggling physically. It was showing up physically, but they took me to a counselor and I'm a huge fan of counseling. All it is is talk, talking to somebody, whether it's individual, because remember, individual health affects marriage health. And the same as a couple, get the help you need through the changes of life. And it's a posture of growth. That is the key. Hud and Nancy McWilliams that a lot of y'all have heard, that's what they talk about, being having a posture of growth all the time. You never arrive, you never have it all together. And just another, so I've shared with you my life verse, our marriage verse, and our wedding verse is what I want to end on too. Lamentations 3, 22 and 23. This is engraved in Doug's ring. It didn't fit in mine. But, and it was on our bulletin and calligraphy, you know, 1980s. It all, you know, anyway, it's in the archives. But Lamentations 3, 22, 23. The Lord's loving kindnesses indeed never cease. For his compassions never fail; they are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, and y'all, I can't tell you enough. And I might cry. This stuff is real. The word, God's word, is real. His promises are true. And he, you know, meet with him, talk to him, re-get to know him. Do what you need to do to get to know him. And um, and I don't know where each of you are. We're gonna end with the song or whatever. But, um, again, Tim said and I'll say again, you can't do this without Jesus, and I don't know where you are with your relationship with God, but you know if God is wanting you to just turn it all over to, them, to to him. For me, it was in a dorm room in Chapel Hill, y'all. That was the the bumper sticker back then, was the beer drinking capital of the world, and that's where God got a hold of my life. And Um, but it is, it's, Lord, I give all I know about me to all I know about you. It doesn't have to be so complicated. It's the simple back to the basics. Um, So I don't know what you're waiting for, but I'd go ahead and get that settled to begin with. That's the foundation. And then for your marriage, you may need prayer for, we're going to have prayer teams where they go. And there's, there's, You need help with maintenance. You need help with remodel and rebuilding. But as Tim says every week, it will be a shame to come be with the church and go home and not have gotten prayer. So thank you for listening to a trip down memory lane. Thanks for listening to the Seacoast Vineyard Podcast. We are a vineyard church located in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And you can learn more about us by visiting seacoastvineyard.com. If you need prayer, you can call us or email care at seacoastvineyard.com. If you feel called to support us financially through a one-time or recurring gift, please click on the Give tab at our website or text any amount to 84321 and follow the prompts.